Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th. See club for details. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite the culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and with me is Miss Erica Marie. Erica, how are you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good. As always, we do the five for five, and this time, since this episode is talking about Walking Dead and the mid-season finale, oh. I want to do a little something different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to give Erica five questions about The Walking Dead. So, Erica, okay. are you ready? I am ready. Question number one. What is your favorite season of The Walking Dead? That's a great question. My favorite season of The Walking Dead, which I barely remember. Uh, I want to say it was season um, is it four with the governor. Season three and season four, I think it's the governor. Yeah, I like the seasons with the governor. Okay, cool, cool, cool. How about you? Huh. Season one. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I love season one. I can watch season one over and over again. Oh, yeah. Okay, question number two. If there's one character from the series you can bring back to life, not as a walker, okay. and have back on the show, they would never die. Okay. Who would it be? Glenn. Good choice. Yeah, I'd bring back Glenn. I mean, it, it, you feel the, uh, the you know, he's like an original character to us. Yeah. He's like the family, and, and he he made moves. Without him, it's kind of like empty. How about you? My choice be. Oh, you asked me. Surprise. I'm going to shock you right now who my choice would be. Oh, my God. Shane. Shane? Yes. But that's impossible. Shane is too radical. He would have been another Negan. But that would that would have made it so much more awesome because 
everything that Shane was talking about, where he was telling Rick, you have to be this way. You have to, you can't be all nice and about everything. Rick's kind of went that way. Not yeah. necessarily to the degree of Shane, but he kind yeah. of went down that path where like, hey, I can't be this nice guy all the time. I have to be a little bit more harder. And plus, I think if Shane was there, they would actually, if they actually could coexist together, that team would probably be unstoppable. They would never coexist, especially when we don't know who the hell is the father of that child. <laughs> <laughs> um, I The only way, and it would be great, I could see Shane, us thinking Shane was dead and him returning. Like, that would have been a great thing. And him returning in another season by surprise with his own people. But I think awesome. he would have had to have been counter. He's he's a villain. Can you imagine Shane against Negan? Oh my God, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is right now that as we're talking about this, I'm imagining the Punisher <laughs> because <laughs> it's where I've seen him recently. So I'm like, oh yeah, it'll be crazy. And in my head, I'm thinking about all the scenes where he like beats people up and stuff like that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, it's a different show. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is, when I watch the Punisher, I think of Shane. I That's what I call of- him. Thinking of all the things he would say and say. <laughs> myself. And people would be like, did you see that episode of The Punisher where this and that happened? What happened? I'll be like, oh, well, so Shane, he came. <laughs> I don't call him anything else. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. Mm-hmm. Your favorite or least favorite Walking Dead death? My favorite death, least favorite. It doesn't necessarily have to be a human death. It could be a walker death, a walker kill, or anything like that. Just your favorite deaths. Um, actually, I have a favorite death. Uh, I can't remember her name. My favorite death is the the um the original governor of Alexandria. What was her name? Oh, I can't remember her name right now. Oh, my God. When she was in the room and she was already bit, and she had... um. Yes, and, and I love the fact that she chose her way. Like, all right, I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to help these people leave here. And I'm going to take out as many walkers as I can on my way out. I'm just going to find her name because I can't remember it. And then her, she really was. Her son, I could do without. Her son was a total jerk off. If you want to know what my, that was one of my happiest deaths, the deaths that I enjoyed. Her son. Yeah, that was quite enjoyable. Very enjoyable. What season was that? Seven or six? I think it was six. Six. What was her name? I can't remember her name. Dinah called her a- Andrea, but I know that's not it. No, Andrea was, well, it's kind of complicated to explain Andrea. Because in the comic book, she's very different than she was on the show. Really? Yeah, in the comic books, spoilers for the comic books. In the comic books, she just recently died. Oh, so she lasted this long. And only that, but in the comic books, she's Rick's love interest. Why did they give him uh 
I ha which I have no problem with, by the way. Michonne. I don't know. Probably because Michonne was a lot more likable on the show than Andrew. Badass. Because yeah. <laughs> she really and, is. In the comic books, Andrew is kind of that badass character. Oh, really? She's not so horrible like she was in the show. Yeah, in the show, she was all into the governor and she was dumb. Yeah. I cannot find this woman's name. We'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eventually. Okay. So, what's next? We have question four now, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Question number four Who is your favorite bad guy in the, in the series? The bad guy? Who's my favorite villain? There's been a lot of them. There have been. Negan. The guys who kind of work for the government, who was jerks, I can't remember the name, who Rick bit, bit their throat out. <laughs> they just showed a commercial of him recently. Um, and I already forgot his name. Yeah, uh. I think that my favorite, you know what I really would have liked for them to extend and kind of play out? Terminus. There isn't Terminus a villain. Terminus didn't have like a villain. I mean, the whole group were villains. Well, they had the guy. The guy yeah. was doing all the trash talking. Yes, him. We don't know his name. You, you know this, Delvin? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name. Because he was only there for like an episode or two. I wish they really would have been more involved with Terminus. Because in Terminus, that whole idea, cannibal people, that's great. That's a that fear was, right there. That was cool. It's a huge fear. Um, but I, I think that the governor was my favorite uh, villain. Cool. cool, cool. He's, he's definitely my favorite. Because I like the way he... He he had a, a town. Everything looked positive. He doesn't look like a villain in any form. And then he has his mental issues, and nobody knows that because that's behind closed doors. Yeah. He's very interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely. How about you? Believe it or not, even though I'm for the raggle and a whole bunch, Negan's my favorite villain. I can't put Negan in the thing. I have a problem with how they're stretching out his... Annoyingness. <laughs> I, will, I will get to my problem with Negan in a minute, but oh yeah, I forgot. Not, it's not the character's fault. It's not. I imagine. I know that. You don't have to tell me. It's bad. Right? I'll get into it in a minute. Let's get to question number five. We get there. What, question number five. Mm -hmm. If there was any character who's alive right now in the universe that you could just straight up kill, they'd be gone. Who would it be? Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it would be a Mortal Kombat death. Finish him. <laughs> Have someone like make it. I don't know. I don't care. Yes, Eugene. You don't That's agree? I I might agree with that, but I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking about it in a sense where who would I want to see get killed? And who I think would be going, who, if they would die, it would probably be better for the show. Okay. And I'm going to give one that's really controversial. Uh-huh. You're going to have to kill off either Rick, Daryl, or one of the main, main characters. 
they could lose their fan base if they do that. But know why I say that? Uh. Because it's not believable when you have a badass like Daryl, a badass like Rick, and a badass like Michonne going up against Negan's army and getting punked out. I know. Because we don't see these characters do some crazy stuff where they take on armies, see the army of walkers, and not only win, but kick their asses. Yeah. And then you get down to this Negan thing, and they're all getting punked out, and they all got to hide in fear. Yeah. It, it, they, need, they need to put real challenges on Negan's side. Like, real problems. Like, I, it's really strange the way they've... But we'll get to that, like we said. We'll get to that right now. <laughs> Wait, so I'm gonna, far, I'm gonna let I, you figure out where you're gonna start because this is uh, all you. Let's let's start with this. What do you think of the season so far? The season right now is pure trash. Yeah, <laughs> I really do not like it. I had to retell someone recently. They asked me. They said I missed. I only saw the first episode. Can you please give me a recap of what's happening so far? And there was so little for me to say. And then just sitting there and me thinking about it, oh, crap, I really don't have much to say. And that's the problem with it. Mm-hmm. This season feels like everything that's been told this season could have been told in like one or two episodes. Exactly. Because nothing has virtually happened. What? Nothing. Nothing. Then there's the whole thing. Okay. And this is what bothers me. If you want to show some type of suspense, you know what I mean, where you have Rick put out these plans, let's go and have these detailed plans where we're going to take out the lookouts and we're going to research Negan's locations and figure out how many people are in there so that we can have, you know, a very organized strategy on how we're eliminating these people. And then you go and you do all of that and then you get captured. Explain that to me because it's like, and it's not like you get captured after a battle. We're talking about like you go in, you do all this stuff, captured immediately. None of, of Rick's plans have done anything. So when he gets captured by the trash people, which was completely stupid. That's the second time that something like that has happened. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then you keep him in a damn trash can. And I'm thinking, okay, fine. Rick being held captive is a very suspenseful idea. Like, oh my God, that's her main character. Are they going to hurt him? You know, just in theory, you know? And then you bring him out in his little, his Kmart boxes two minutes later. (laughs) It didn't make any sense. And the whole point of him going there made no sense because it didn't even impact the story. Yeah, exactly. They did nothing. Nothing at all. He's He's harassing them for their numbers, but it's but he went by himself. Who told you to go over there? And then what made it even more ridiculously dumb to me is the fact that they wasn't needed. Yes. If and the thing that what bothered me about that whole period right there, well, since we're talking about it, right, let's talk about it. The mm. fact that bothered me about that whole period right there is the fact that okay, Rick wanted to get them for backup against Negan. Yes. But when we last saw Negan. He was trapped inside his compound because walkers were surrounding it. And uh-huh. if Daryl and them wouldn't have done their bonehead play, which Rick <laughs> didn't know about. Right. Because Rick didn't know about they, them doing that dumb crap. Right. If Daryl would have done that, Negan and them were stuck inside. They could not get out. Yes. They were dead to rights. 
This was the original plan. Yes. They they were they're basically gonna starve them out or they're gonna die. Mm-hmm. So if everybody was stuck to the original plan, which Rick, to his knowledge, thought they were doing, the tr- the garbage pail kids people wouldn't be needed. <laughs> they would. Everybody refers to them that way. <laughs> they suck. Now, can you explain to me this about the garbage people? Explain to me why Jadis doesn't know how to speak English. It ha- we have only been in the apocalypse for seven years. That doesn't mean <laughs> that all of a sudden you lost grasp of the of the. It's not that long, guy. Like, why doesn't she know at, English? At first, I thought she was doing the kind of thing, like um, what my guy name is, the king, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, like Ezekiel was doing, where she's kind of like grandstanding. But then I realized, no, she's just an idiot. Yeah, this I don't understand why it is that you can't make sentences. Uh, seven years into the zombie apocalypse, explain that to me. It's just it's baffling how. <laughs> I'm just going to say how bad the writing has been this season. It's so because bad. It's like, now, I'm going to do a, a quick comp- comparison. The first half of it, correct, it was season six. Mm-hmm. Where they were talking about the walkers coming to um, Alexandria. And they were, had the whole plan. They were trying how the plan was supposed to work out. The horde, the big horde. Right. And they had the whole, the, every episode was kind of like a cliffhanger. Yes, yes. That, that was awesome till that one point where they messed up at. If you would take out the, the Glenn fake out death out of that part, <laughs> that whole thing would have been awesome. Yes, yes. That was, that's a great example of how their planning strategy situation should be functioning. Yeah. That that whole that whole that first half of the season, until until they did the whole Glenn fake out death thing, was <laughs> awesome. Right, right. Because it made sense and everything. They had a plan. They executed the plan, and they, they may have had a little hiccups in the road, but every episode kind of left you wanting to see what happened with the plan. Yep. Now I think they was trying to do something similar to that with this season, but it's a mess. Like, whoa. Huge mess. Huge. They went in, they, and then the thing is, Jadis has him inside of his tin can. They bring him out, and he fights a walker. Well, the intention was to have the walker bite him, but obviously he has fighting skills, so he goes and he beats everybody up, and then sleeps. Let's not even talk about that, because he okay. has questionable fighting skills. Right. Sometimes he's the Incredible Hulk He-Man, and sometimes he can't throw a punch to save his life. Yeah, it depends on what they feel like doing with him. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing that frustrates me because he's supposed to be this guy who has this incredible fighting ability, at least capable because he's a former cop. Right. But then Daryl kicks his butt. Right. Negan kicks his butt. <laughs> I hate when they put him against Negan. It's always the same thing. I'm like, when are you going to have, when are you going to fight? <laughs> right. No, no, no. When it's not someone who's a main character, then they'll go in and let him win. You know? It's, it's, it's amazing how they, how they juxtapose that sometimes. Where he, sometimes he's an incredible fighter and sometimes he can't fight. Like, for example, for example, that when he had the big fight, the first big fight with Shane. Oh, that was yeah. An awesome fight. Yeah, yeah. Where they both kind of gave it to each other. Right. All, they're all. 
Yeah, and then you see him fight the governor. Governor's kicking his butt. He hasn't fought. Like, that Shane battle has not happened ever again. In the sense that that type of effort and fighting, he hasn't put into anything. Yeah. And it's, oh. it's frustrating to watch that character go through that kind of situation where it's like, man, this guy's like a whip. Right. Yeah, well, let's get into some more of the things about this season that's maybe frustrating, maybe we liked. What do you think about the path of Ezekiel? Let's go talk about that. King Ezekiel. Um, I'm going to be really critical. I'm really bummed out about I his depression after she was deaf. I understand, but it makes me want to go through the TV and kick him because it's like, all right, I know you're attached to the tiger, but we're living in a certain t- frame of mind right now. And you've been in this life for a long time. You know what it is. I you think the thing about him. Uh, go ahead, and finish. Bro. I want to tell you about that. No, now. I just want to say that I, he needs that whole. I'm gonna sit here and be depressed, and then go back into what I was doing. I'm like, oh my god, but go ahead. <laughs> I like the fact that one thing I did like the fact they showed like, okay, Ezekiel was way overconfident in a sense where it seemed like. He's never been in a fight before. So when he sees that the kingdom is kicking butt, he's like, oh, this is easy. We don't have nothing to deal with. Mm-hmm. And he was so cocky and confident until they got to that one point where it was a trap, essentially. And it, it wiped out his whole team. And it just, yep. he didn't know how to handle it. And I think it was really cool to see that. That this is like yeah, his the, first the, time taking a loss. I'm so used to him acting. I mean, acting within the character, meaning his whole, before they go out into battle, you hear the Renaissance <laughs> English <laughs> speech that he makes, like he's in the court of King Henry VIII. I love the whole, because that's why I've always seen him as, as someone who, no matter what is happening, he's going to present his people a positive image. He's going to be the one that's always going to show them, like, you know, we're going to get through this, basically. That's the way I had originally seen it. That's the reason why it bothered me that all of a sudden he was like locked up in his room and he doesn't want to see anyone. I can agree with that. Because these people have been living this this, uh, English Shakespearean man's life. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) Those lies of of the type of that character he's playing within a character, which is this I'm a king with this accent and you know, with, you know, that whole thing, it's actually something that helps the, his followers. You know what I mean? They kind of like bought into the Kool-Aid. Yes. It gives them confidence. They're like, okay, we're in a good place. This guy knows how to lead. He talks to talk. And then, you know, how do you feel about them killing Shiva? That was sad. It was cool, though. It was cool. I wish they had used her, her more. And that's my biggest complaint. I would have liked to have developed a relationship with Shiva before they killed the tiger. We had a damn yeah. tiger on the show. Yeah, that that was kind of crazy that they killed the tiger so soon. Yeah. And we never saw her, like, vaguely, uh, sitting next to Ezekiel in different ep- episodes, but that's about it. Barely ever saw her fight. I wanted to see her in action multiple times. Yeah. If you have a tiger, you're going to tell me that you guys are not going to win at least a portion of your battles because you got a tiger on your side? You yeah. know what I mean? It's crazy that they didn't bring out Shiva as much as they did. 
But yeah. on a positive note, I will say this. Jerry is freaking awesome. Jerry is the most loved character ever. I love that. The guy who plays him and the way he's played, it's so cool. That's the MVP of this season. Yeah, because he comes off as he comes off as a regular guy, like one of us. Yes. He's like, oh, okay. This guy wants to play like he's king. Okay, I got his back. This is my homeboy. And yes. I'm gonna watch his back to the end. And he really is the loyalty is ridiculous. Yeah, and he's he's a, he's a badass with that uh, axe. He's he so really cool. is. I'm telling you, something happened to Jerry this uh this season. People are gonna be upset. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He is the MVP. But okay, let's go into some more characters. Who else can we talk about? Well, let's talk about Jesus in this whole situation with um. I'm leaving. God, <laughs> <laughs> this whole situation with what? With the the prisoners. His whole idea to kind of like have the okay, we we have to build this world after this war is over with. So we have to take prisoners. Okay. So what do you think about his whole concept of not wanting to kill these people and whereas he wants to hold them prisoners? Okay, so I feel that they're following this this bad writing is following the same um path as Eugene. Like they're doing the same thing with Jesus that they're doing with Eugene, where they want to show a conflict of inner turmoil and they're doing a bad job of it. And I'm going to explain to you what I mean by that. Jesus has been fine with backing up Maggie and doing all this stuff all up to a few episodes ago when he started going on this, I'm looking for kindness and I don't know what kind of path he doesn't want people to kill do you remember? Yes. He didn't want nobody to kill. Now we're taking prisoners because, you know, we don't want them. He's giving them bread. Was that what he was giving them? Yeah. Which, and I find, and this is what I want to get into, what I find weird about the whole thing. It doesn't fit the character. Who is Jesus in the comics? What is the character he, like? He's sim- very similar to that. And that's not my problem with it. It's the, pro- the problem I have with it is the fact that they've been building morgan towards that for the last two seasons yes they have so why is it morgan the one saying hey we shouldn't kill these guys and it, it didn't make any sense that okay morgan's just gonna snap back into this killer mode which uh, it was pretty cool to see him do it in the moment when he was inside the in there in there killing all the um, saviors and things like that right but you have to take into consideration that you've just showed us for the past two seasons this guy making this transformation to where he was just basically out of it. He didn't care about life, and he was just killing people and just saying clear. Yep. And you bring him to this point where he's like, I'm at peace with myself. I don't want to kill or take no lives. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to kind of incapacitate these people and just, I, I have hope, you know? But now you bring, now he's back to kind of like the killer again. But the problem is that they didn't only do the whole peaceful thing for him, but look at what it did. It started conflicting. Like he was losing people and yeah. still sitting there like, yeah, we shouldn't be killing anyone. And people were dying and there were consequences. And he was being the most frustrating character of all time, which this is more last season than anything where it's kind of like Carol's like, you got to do what you got before Carol turned into him. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because 
he, you took him through this whole transformation where he's sitting there, he's adamant about, even though people are losing their lives, he's so adamant about, hey, we can't kill. We got to do things the right way. Right. And now we get to this season where he's going back and telling that dark path. And we're like, well, why did you take us with this journey with him? Well, he's trying to, to, go back. Right, to bring him right back to it. And it's very no, basically no character development behind it. There isn't. I think mostly what they try to imply with him, though, was that the death of that kid has made him snap. He's not supposed to be psychologically well. <laughs> if you remember the whole clearing thing. That is wasn't true. was not a healthy thing on his side. <laughs> <laughs> That's supposed to be what made him snap. They killed the kid and whatever, and for some reason, out of all of the deaths that he's experienced, and all this time, this is the one that matters. I don't know. I'm sick of that storyline of peace. The reason why, God forgive me, this this show has made me a savage, <laughs> but. <laughs> We also have that same storyline now with Carol, and then we have Jesus on the same path. At what point are you guys going to realize that you, it's not that you want to, these people are not killing for, for um, entertainment. This is survival. It is baffling because you have these three characters who are on this path, but none of these characters are communicating with each other. No, no. It's, it's so weird that you have these three characters who have similar viewpoints, who are all on the same team, essentially, but none of them are communicating about these viewpoints or these decisions. Nope. Which would have been at least a different thread of storyline that we could be like, okay, this is dynamic, this is different. Yeah, well, because the way I would see it is that you would see Carol and Jesus and Morgan kind of be like, you know what? We should keep these people as prisoners and kind of like giving the pushback, but you don't really have that. No. You just got Jesus saying this, and everybody's like, oh, shut up, Jesus. You don't know what you're talking about. Yep. And it, it doesn't really make any sense. I don't even, where are they going with this whole Jesus thing? Because I'm ready to put him on the list of people that need to die, and that's not right. <laughs> well, in, in the comic books, spoilers for the comic books, even though we're giving spoilers for the show, the, the, they're going to make jails, which the jail, I think they have the jails already on the show. The but what? the jail, they both make like a jail system, like a prison system uh-huh. for people. In the comic books, they play an important role because I don't know if I should tell you this, because this is a huge spoiler for the comic books. And a huge, it may be a huge spoiler for the show if they go that route. No, Which not, they might go that route. Okay. In the comic books, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the big issue that happened in the show. In the comic books, we have the big showdown with Negan and Rick. So Rick does this thing, which I think is cool, where he's talking to Negan, and he's kind of talking to Negan down like, hey, this is this war is going on too far. We got to stop this. We need to work together. We need to find some type of common ground. They're kind of talking to each other. And Negan's kind of agreeing with him, and they're kind of like, fine. it seems like the war is going to end, right? Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Rick slits his throat. So he slits Negan's throat. And Negan's on the floor dying, and Negan's and Negan's trying to kill Rick, and they and he and Rick tells him, Negan, I think it's going unconscious, to tape him up, like to stitch him up. So okay. they take Negan, lock him in a cell, and they're like, you know what? We're not gonna kill you. 
we're going to show you that we can survive as a community without you around, and you're going to just sit in cell and watch all of this happen and watch the us coexist without you around. That's hot. So the whole thing is, instead of killing Negan, he has to sit there and watch the community grow in the prison cell. Okay. And they showed it in the show a little bit, so I think they're leaning towards that, a at sort this, of version of that. At this point, I really believe that they're going to, especially with the situation with Carl, which we should dive into because I have some commentary on that. But um, especially with the situation with Carl, I feel like there's certain things that they're not going to get into. They're going to do yeah. their own thing. I think they are a little bit because let's get into it. Okay. As you see, as you see with the show, they had the time jump, right? Yes. The time jump happens in the comic books. Oh, it does. Yes. It happens in the comic books. And that happy life that Rick is living is in the comic books. Now, it's granted, it's with Carl. Obviously. Carl... And Judith is not there because in the comic books, Judith is dead. Oh, that's the one who dies. Yeah, but she doesn't die then. That's the crazy thing about it. In the comic books, Judith dies way earlier. Oh. Like, I think in the comic books, Judith dies in the battle with the governor. That's how early? That's how early. A baby. Yes. And that's why people were kind of thinking when they were saying it's the biggest death in the show's history, a lot of people were thinking it was going to be Judith. Oh. I never thought it was going to be Judith. Now I understand why people must have thought when they seen the bloody, um, the bloody uh, car seat. Remember? Yeah. And they didn't know who had her and what happened. No wonder people must have been like, "This is it." Yeah, because in the comic books, Judith died. Judith, I think, Roy was holding Judith, and then um, she got shot while holding Judith, and both of them died together. Oh, wow. If I remember correctly, it's been a while since I read that issue. But yeah, and well, well, let's get into it. For those who don't know, this is a huge spoiler, even though this whole episode is a huge spoiler. So if you're listening to this We're right now. We're just a damn spoiler-ridden show, aren't we? Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, why are you listening to this while watching this up to this point in the season? Carl got bit. He got bit in a place where ain't no coming back from it. So what are your thoughts on the realization that Carl's been bit and he's going to die. This is my favorite question. I've been waiting for you to ask me for this for like a week. No, <laughs> it's been days, five days, five, six days for you to ask me this question. This is my thoughts on this. I am extremely upset, but for other reasons, multiple reasons. First and foremost, we got Carl bit in the uh, rib area. Um, that obviously doesn't happen in the comics. Carl outlives that. He well, yes, he does. But the thing about it is, something similar like that happens in the comic books, but it's not to Carl. Okay, it happens to Andrea. Right, that you told me he was it, still alive. Yeah, it happens recently in the comic books to Andrea. Okay, like maybe like it happened like a couple months ago to her, and it's okay. a sad story. And everybody's well, spoilers for the comic books, by the way, which you should know by now. It's a sad story, and everybody gets to say their goodbyes to Andrea as she dies, succumbs to her bite. And it's it's very touching because you know, 
at that point, Carl kind of the same relationship that Carl has with Michonne, he has with Andrea. So he had to say his goodbye to her. Rick had to say his goodbye to her, and he's crying and stuff like that. And here's another little spoiler for the comic books. Negan says his goodbye to her and tells Rick that he always liked her. Wow. Because Negan is kind of, I want to say he's kind of on Rick's side right now in the comic books. Okay. Because he's, he's basically a changed man. He's a lot different than he is now. He's, he's lost Lucille and everything's kind of changed. Like he kind of sees the error in his ways. So it seems right now. So it seems. Yeah, it's a new savings group that he's not a part of. It's totally different. So the thing is that when, to me, I hate the way that they set this up because, all right, so he gets bit. It shouldn't be a death sentence in the sense that real suspenseful writing should not, I mean, if we know he's going to die, why the hell am I going to be all that shocked when we go back into the new season? And there has to be a possibility that he can survive this. And the reason why I say this is because one of the theories that was going around was that, again, this is the Delvin, the the Delvin spoiler experience today. But uh, (laughs) one of the things that that people, the theory that was going around was that the introduction of the whispers would come with them, you know, what if they bit this guy and that's a human bite and not a zombie bite if we could have like a possibility like that just to leave us just to leave us in suspense you know what i mean and when that theory came out i was like wow that's a great theory if they really just wanted to you know fake us and and think that we're that we're gonna see and witness his death now that that went out the window two minutes later because now it's a confirmed death. And the reason why it's a confirmed death is forget about the conversation on Talking Dead where everybody talked about everything. But uh, Chandler's real-life father went online. And Rant, did you hear about it? Yeah, we're going to get into that. I want to hear your opinions on that. It's like he went online and he said that... um, he was upset that they they made it seem as if uh, Carl was going to have three more years in the show. And then two weeks before his 18th birthday, they revealed that he would die and that he, Chandler trusts uh, Gimple and AMC and that he never trusted them. And, you know, but he's still happy about, you know, all the fans that they've created. My problem with that is that he deleted that Facebook post, I imagine, through these people actually contacting him but now i know for sure that theory of the whispers is not there there is no suspense i'm going to go into the next part of this season knowing not only that carl is going to die but that we're just going to see him deteriorate and that's what the whole point is him saying doing these last minute doodads <laughs> it, it it's kind of interesting it kind of sucks because for those who read the comic books those who read the comic books know that the theme of the Walking Dead comic book series has always been that it's a horror movie that's supposed to go on forever. So the idea was that, okay, and they've been, Kirkman basically said, Robert Kirkman basically said it, that eventually Rick is going to die in the comic books. Yes. And it was always kind of said or implied that Carl 
would take his place. Yes. That after he died, the comic book would continue on with Carl as the de facto leader. Mm -hmm. So when I was watching, let's just talk, I just want to talk about the episode part of it. When I was watching the episode and you see Carl do these things, it was awesome to see Carl take that role. Right. It was really cool to see him be like, you know what, talking, standing up to Negan in a way that, well, he looked like a badass. Well, you're kind of like, you didn't want to do look at Carl that dumb little kid anymore. Right. Well, he was like, you know what? Everybody get out of here. I got a plan. I'm going to hold Negan off myself, even if it meant, it meant his life. And he kind of sent everybody away and gave everybody a chance to escape. And it was like, even Negan had to respect it. Like, yo, this kid is a force. Right, he did. And then when you get to this point where you get Carl to a point where you like, where everybody's like, yo, Carl is awesome. Yeah. We're going to take him away. Of course. Of course. That's what they always do. This yeah. is what they're doing with Eugene. Eugene is trash right now. He's conflicted because he's a wimp, and, he, and they do this flip-flopping thing with him where sometimes he's just, um, he's a victim to his own cowardice, and then the next minute he tries to do something good. And they do this flip-flopping thing, and I'm, I guarantee you that before he leaves, before they eliminate that character, he's going to do something redeeming that's going to make you be like, damn, I wish I had a little bit more of that. <laughs> and you're not. You're not going to get none of that. They love doing it, that. It's crazy because if you really look at it right now, Eugene almost seems like he's irredeemable. Yeah. Yeah. I because feel that way. He's so wishy-washy about everything that, for one, I'm trying to think it was a part, okay, the part I was going to talk about was the part where Daryl's talking to um, what the guy's name is who's working with them now? Dwight. Dwight, yeah. Daryl's talking to Dwight and asking them how did Negan get out? And when he's like, Eugene did it. It was Eugene's idea. That right there alone should tell you, like, okay, this guy. Ain't worth he, nothing. Yeah. If if Eugene would have let them get killed, it would have been over with. Yep. So that alone should tell you, like, oh, he's not really, he, not only is he not redeemable, it's almost coming to the point where he's not worth redeeming. Yes. But then again, we have another character like that. Gregory, I'm dying for them. That's my second most wanted death. Yeah, Gregory's going to be out of there soon. You don't have to worry about Gregory. Gregory's going to, I'm almost sure Gregory's going to be out of there. So this is my question to you, which is, it's been bothering me and it's irking my life. These people have, you go and you take Gregory. Gregory obviously is a flip-flopper. He does whatever that he, he can to, no, he's not a flip-flopper. He's straight up Negan. It's just that he, he plays with both sides of the table. But then you bring him back to the place. He's back in, in a hilltop and he's over there doing all this whiny stuff. Why is he there? Why haven't we banished him and told him to keep moving? I don't care if he goes for Negan. Let him work for Negan. That's a good point. Send them out there. They over here brought him back for what? He's like taking up space, making it, commentary. The thing about it is, not only is he taking up space, but it hasn't been established that, okay, Gregory has people who follow him. It seems right. like everybody there hates him. Yep. Yep. So why are we keeping around at this point if everybody there hates him? Like, hey, he's a jerk. We don't want him around. 
Why keep him around? He already betrayed you with the whole Negan situation once. He can do that again. Yeah, it's baffling how bad the writing, the writing right? is this season. Jesus. It really is. The writing is horrible. Horrible. So horrible. I'm like, how do you feel? See, they interviewed Andrew Lincoln, and they asked him how he felt about the Carl situation. And his response made me feel so awful because I'm like, they should have let him be a writer. He said that in his mind, the way they were going to end the show was with him handing over the, his revolver to Carl. That's how it should have ended. That's the way he was like, that's what I thought. This is what I was thinking was going to be the final steps of my thing, of my journey. He was like, and now it's, that's not the way it is. Why are they killing Carl? Tell me why. I don't See, I don't understand. I think they're doing it because for those who don't know, for those who don't watch and who's not into kind of like everything that goes on, the Walking Dead's ratings have been dropping a lot. Of course. They're dragging everything on. Mm -hmm. because, and it's it hasn't just started this season, but it's even more pronounced now. So I guess they felt like they had to make a big move. And I don't, I don't think the problem with Walking Dead is, like I said earlier, they kind of painted themselves in a corner. Yes. Where they have characters like Daryl, who's a great character that everybody likes, but it got to the point where they're like, okay, too many people like Daryl, so we can't kill off Daryl. Right. Then you have Michonne. Okay. Right. Too many people like Michonne, so we can't kill off Michonne. Right. Rick. Of course, everybody likes Rick, so you can't kill off Rick. Because the main character, go ahead. Yeah. So you have all these, in Carol. Too many people like Carol, so we can't kill off Carol. So if you have all these characters that you don't want to kill off, then where is the real threat to the group? Right. Because even with killing off Carl, while it's shocking and it sucks, mm -hmm. it doesn't really make things better. It's right. Not like, it's not like Carl's definitely like, oh, now with Carl not around, how's Rick going to handle Negan? <laughs> that is such an amazing point. Yeah, I love Carl, and Carl's an excellent character, but he's not. You're not sitting there thinking he oh Carl's a threat to Negan. That's not coming to your mind. Yeah, whereas we somebody like Michonne or even Morgan. You're like, oh, all right, all right, all right. You're getting into my territory. Leave Morgan alone. I'm going to tell you what it is that they don't know how to do. These shows in general, it's not only The Walking Dead. Right now, in order to get people's attention, one of the things is I'm against killing main characters, but in a show like The Walking Dead that has so much content to work with, I think that they should be rotating characters in the sense that at a certain point, if they had to kill off the main characters, they could with the exception of at least two. And there are so many other groups and things that are going on within the comic books that they should be using. We should be developing care. I mean, Jerry is a fairly new character and we are already attached. Yeah. They should be rotating like in a new idea. Okay, so now we have this uh, group from wherever and this is what we're doing. 
as they go, but they don't, writers in these shows don't know how to do that. They will either kill all of the minor unimportant characters or, or, or kill off someone who's from the main that isn't that important. They do either or. And you're absolutely right. My other problem with it is, is the fact that you don't have to kill off all these characters. Right. There's other ways to write them off the show. There's other ways to create suspense as well. Not everything is death. I mean, I think that's like our biggest thing here, is it not? They need to create other forms in order for the writing not to get lame. Are the threats, I mean, real threats, not like Rick sitting in a tin can. Like, yeah. <laughs> real threats of things happening. Like, um, let me think. What was my favorite? One good example of a threat that happened, even though it included death, but that was uh, an issue. When that disease showed up when they were in the prison. That was awesome. That's an awesome, uh, an awesome threat to this group. A disease that they don't, they don't have doctors out there, people researching this stuff. They don't know how to treat it. They don't know what to do with it. And it was, they need to find new ways. I mean, and the thing is that they have such a plethora to work with. Walking Dead is still running, you know? And not only that, you have fear of the Walking Dead. Yes. So how easy would it have been for them to be like, you know what? Instead of just sending Morgan over there, let's send a whole group. Let's send Morgan, Daryl, Carol. Right. Let's send like four or five characters over to Fear, our weekly show, and let them stay over there. <laughs> yeah. A, stay over there and never come back. Yeah, not to say they never come back, but be like, okay, we're going to take you off for Walking Dead. Because Walking Dead has too many strong characters that we don't want to kill off. Right. But That's we're going to move Fear the Walking Dead who doesn't have so many strong characters who you can come over there and blend with these characters. Let's say, for example, because the whole thing is that Morgan's supposed to be going to Fear the Walking Dead now. That's yeah. what I said. So what if Morgan was to leave and take a group with him? Like, let's say they like, we got to go, we got to go find more people. They tell Morgan to Go find more people, go do something, whatever. There's a time conflict. Morgan is going to be on Fear the Walking Dead, and the idea is that he's meeting up with them during that period of time, the three years, which he... Wait, hold up. It's not, because remember, the problem here is they did not start that show at the same time as ours. They are still in their first year. Yeah, supposedly they're still in their first year. So and Rick is in a coma during this situation, actually, right? Supposedly, but that's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. When Rick wakes up from the coma, I think that's Morgan's house he's at. He goes to. The first house? Yeah, in, mm-hmm. in Atlanta, Georgia. Right, so right. Tell me that unless the fear people are going to come down to Atlanta, Georgia, how are they going to meet Morgan? I have no idea. You ask it, do I look like a writer? If I was a writer on the show, none of this nonsense would be happening. I don't know how this I don't know how they're writing it in, but they're doing something like that. That whole no sense. They are trying to do something to live in their show. What they need to do is end it already. They don't know what to do with the I'm giving the Walking Dead two more seasons. Yeah. My whole thing, I think I've told you this before offline. I said that. Carl's death signifies that they plan on ending this show soon. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily like next year or the after, maybe two or three years. 
because the whole premise of the show was well, zombies are that can go on forever. So if you kill off the other main character who in the comic books is the future, you're basically saying, okay, once Rick dies, this is over with. Yep. Yep. And I don't think they have enough stories to tell to keep this story going on. No. Say it correctly. They already tarnished everything so that going forward, they don't have a way to set it up correctly. They have plenty of... They could have done better. Yeah, they could have. Most certainly. I think and I think we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but I think the way that they done Negan sucks. Yeah. Because Negan is such a great character. And he's played... Actually, he when he when he's on screen, he has a presence about him that is so cool and so terrifying. If you listen to the things he's saying, it make even though he's crazy, it makes a lot of sense. Like for for example, the fact that he was talking about I think it was last season, where the guy was talking about raping the girl. Okay. He has to, and Negan straight up killed the guy. Oh right. right. Negan has this kind of warped sort of sort. Sort of morality about him, and he, he shows it this season. Where people like people don't even pay attention to it because it's been so bad. The fact that he's been saying this whole season, "I don't want death." People are valuable to this world. I'd rather not kill none of you people because I need you people to work for me. Yes. So yes. out of all the people who are talking, he's the only one who doesn't want people to die. Yeah. And it's crazy. You don't really get to see that side of him because we don't show him enough. And we don't show what what his mindset really is. We're not really getting deeper into that. But he's been saying for the whole time, even when he killed Glenn and he killed Abraham, I don't want to kill these people. But I have to make an example. I have to get you people to follow me in line. And if you want to be honestly speaking about it is he had a valid reason for doing it. Right. Because Rick's group came out and killed a lot of his people. Yeah. With no sort of merit behind it in terms of they just wanted to get food <laughs> and supplies from this guy. But Negan didn't provoke him. Negan didn't provoke Rick's group whatsoever. Right. They didn't even know Rick's group was around. Right. They didn't know that for a minute. So it came, it's like really, if you really look at the, everything, Negan has a valid point, but it's not really shown in the show. No, you can't. Because <laughs> they're so intent in showing the uh, psychological issues that he has. Like, like uh, He says that he enjoys killing. I don't know. If that was this episode or last episode? I think it was this episode he said that. He enjoys killing. He always makes remarks like that every once in a while where he looks deranged. So they show like a deranged and people can't get that out of their heads. Yeah, but he, he the thing about him that I, I find interesting is that he has such a warped sense of morality. Even the fact that all of his so-called wives. Exactly. That's another thing. They have a choice whether to be with him or not. Yeah, he's gonna yeah, if they choose no, he's gonna kill their husbands. But he gives them a choice. He's not sitting there saying, You're my wife, I'm gonna rape you. Right. He tells them, hey. You can be my wife, and you can have a much better life, or you don't, and you can have a regular life. But I'm going to kill this guy. That is so crazy. It's crazy, but that is his kind of. He sees that as a fair. 
type of assessment, even with um the whole situation where Carl killed his guys. Right. He didn't kill Carl. He kind of took Carl to the side and talked to him like, hey, you can't be doing this. And I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to make an example out of somebody. And he found someone to make an example of. Um, what was I going to tell you about him? Uh, yeah, I forgot. There's <laughs> <sighs> a lot to take in. It's so much. He's he's a great character. I just feel that it. this is something else that I like to say about the show. As viewers, we take on the problems of these characters. We yes. know that it's fake. We know that it's whatever, but we suffer along with them. And when we went through the situation with the governor, it was a situation where we had a, um, sometimes we had this, what I like to say is like artificial sense of, okay, everything is going well. And then you notice something didn't go well and all of a sudden things are going bad. And it's this up and down, but it's measured so that at the end we're relieved when Rick look, looks like he got rid of the governor or whatever. The problem with the Negan that I keep on explain, I keep on telling people that it's it's dragging and it's dragging us, is that we're tired. We've been through so much. We've been through the governor. We went to terminus. We went through that. Okay. <laughs> now you're you're including this man who, yes, he's the most threatening person that we've ever seen, and his just the way he speaks. You know what I mean? The things that he says, and he kills these two people, um, Glenn and and Abe. And afterwards, you know, it's like this big threat, but then we're in two seasons in, he's still there and he's still doing the same thing and he's still the same threat. It's exhausting. It feels like we're being dragged through the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I think they dragged the storyline of him kind of having this dominance over Rick way too long. They needed to switch it up. It doesn't mean that he, he's removed as the villain. There has to be a variety. There has to be a different threat. We have to be scared of him for a different reason. Not because he showed up swinging his little bat and doing his little... Have you ever seen how that, that actor walks around with Lucille? <laughs> he has like this little swag. And I'm yeah. like, oh, God, it's so obnoxious. You know, and, and, and he comes in for his little... Uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, check stops or whatever it is he shows up at alexandria with his little bat and he goes and he says hey where's rick rick is not here oh okay and he starts saying that he's gonna take a look around and and everybody's scared like okay 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 we know that he's gonna kill somebody because he does every time he's very charismatic yes charismatic and obnoxious (laughs) at the same damn time and i'm like all right fine as soon as you see him with the bat you already know that he's gonna go and like press someone or look into something and you're like okay so at what point does it change where there are other problems that we have that he's not the only threat like other issues running out of water you know judith stubbed her toe we don't got a doctor i don't know like (laughs) You're right. You're 100% right because it became so much about Negan. It's almost like we're ignoring the zombie threat that's going on. Zombies? The zombies haven't been in this show in years, okay? As a threat. As As a a threat. threat. They literally are background characters. And it's crazy to say that, but it's very true that 
they like I said, it's almost laughable that you have all these zombies and they're not killing anybody. No. It goes with the idea that with time, everybody becomes smarter about killing them. Technically, I actually saw an infographic online that said that at this point within the walking, the zombies would have all been dead by now. Humans would have eventually eliminated, the remaining humans would have eventually eliminated them. And they did it by calculating the, um, the actual amount of people in the United States versus how many zombies would have been dying a day, you know, getting killed by groups and by individuals. Like they did a, a whole infographic about it. They would have been eliminated by now, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Interesting take on it. Say yeah. 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 Funny enough, they would have. But my thing is that they haven't, yeah, they haven't been a threat in so long. That those are background characters now. And the thing is that now they're accidental deaths. You got caught off guard for two minutes and you get bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one is scared. Like they, They're all prepared now, but it's... I, I don't know. They need to put more more factors into the threatening stuff in the show. Yeah, I agree. So, let's get into, I guess, the final thing we can talk about. We talk about Carl death and everything like that. Mm-hmm. What do you want to see next? What do I want to see next? I want to see Eugene die. Okay. Obviously. Um, Gregory, be gone. That's going to happen. Um... They need to. It's so hard for me to have a wish list when these actors, I mean these these writers, haven't really been. How can they fix this colossal screw up? I have no idea. I think they need to do something with Morgan. They first of all need to change Jesus's motives. I need to understand Jesus better. <laughs> he's res, he's resembling a lot the biblical the, his biblical birthright because. <laughs> he's out here giving bread. I was waiting for him to bring out this, the fish and multiply it. The wine. <laughs> and the wine and whatever. I was waiting for him to turn water into wine. He is like so biblical right now. It's ridiculous. They need to give him a, a place, like a, um, like a motivation. Yeah. He needs a motivation. What, what are you doing? And then we need uh, Morgan to... Uh, I like RoboCop Morgan, though. I do. I really do. Even though it doesn't make any sense. It He's was badass awesome. with that staff. Stop it. it. It was awesome seeing him kill all those saviors. Yeah. That was an awesome scene. Uh, as for Carol, is she back on board or what? I don't know what she's doing. I really don't know what she's doing. She saved all of... Ezekiel saves her. She, I guess she's running the kingdom now. I think Morgan is going to save Ezekiel. Yeah, that should be cool. But my thing is that Carol is in this love triangle that I need to understand. It's like she has like this, there's like a love affair between her and Ezekiel. Is it a love triangle or like a love rectangle? Who's the fourth person? Okay, it's Ezekiel. It's Carol, uh-huh. and Carol, then it's Morgan and Carol. But Morgan doesn't have like a relationship with him like that. Unless they this... a relationship. They was having a thing where they 
Well, he went to go visit her at her little house and stuff. And oh, so it is a rectangle. Then you got her down. Like, oh my god, Carol, you whore. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie apocalypse wench. What are you doing? <laughs> Yes, I don't know. Her relationship with Ezekiel to me is very, very like sexual. Yeah. It's like and all her relationship with her and Daryl was kind of weird too. I know. But that's it's always weird. been like that. It's really, really like they're really close. And then her relationship with Morgan is weird too, because they sit here and have these conversations that kind of sound like they like each other. And they always after each other. Yeah. She needs to pick a man. Maybe that's going to be next season. Carol, <laughs> which bachelor are you going out with tonight? Since we're at the bachelorette. <laughs> the walking dead bachelorette. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I would like some development with her. In regards to Rick. Learn how to fight. Jesus. All right, leave him alone. <laughs> but that's true. I, I want the garbage pail people out of this. Blow them up. <laughs> Do something. I mean, it's such a waste of time. They sit around in this junkyard, and um, and and it's it's like uh, they barely speak English. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. They can barely put together uh, words to make sentences. I I don't understand the concept of what they're doing with that group. So I think it needs to be eliminated from the storyline. They need to bring back. I mean, not bring back because never they've never been there. They need to introduce the whispers. Yes. And I that, thought they were doing that when they had that group that was kind of like weird with the W's on their head. That's not in the comic books? No. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So I thought they were kind of doing it there. But then they just went away from that. All right, yeah. these guys are going, like, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about the the whispers? They need to introduce them and um as a new threat, and they need to yeah, that's about it. My wish list. get rid of the damn garbage people. <laughs> the garbage pillow kids gotta go. yes, have Daryl take that bazooka that he found and just. Blow them all up. It's so funny me retelling someone, like recapping um, what's been going on so far. I had to be like, yeah, you know, and we took over this savior section and then this went wrong. And, you know, uh, Rosita and Michonne, they went into this place and, you know, Rosita took out uh, some type of uh, RPG and and blew up a guy, and and they were like, wait, wait, what? Take that back. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's been really strange like that this season. Yeah, it's been something. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Caught it's me been... off guard. Maggie shot somebody in the head out of nowhere. Yeah. Did, you see... <laughs> Did you see that? Were you caught off guard with that? Yeah, I thought it was cool though. I thought it was cool that she did that. I yeah. thought it was cool that she did it, and she so like kind of like remorse for it. Right. Yeah. Damn. I I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it. That's the kind of writing that 
I kind of feel like where it works at. Yeah. Also, yeah. when is she going to have this baby? All right. So this baby has to be in its third trimester. She looks like she's four weeks old. Yes. There's no growth whatsoever. No growth whatsoever. Judith is like 95. And she <laughs> was like a baby for so long. God. And the actress for Judith seems like she keep changing. Pretty they soon. do. So pretty soon, Judith could be a black baby. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. And then the thing is that they don't, they pick these children that look nothing like the parents. Like, I know that the, the father can be either Rick or, um, who's the other one? Shane. Shane. But, um, they don't, they pick these children that are like, obviously none of them. You know, Lori had brown hair in the show. Lori had brown hair. Shane had brown hair. Rick has brown hair. Blonde has- children. Blonde <laughs> children, redheaded children. I'm waiting for them. Waiting for them to, to come out with something real random. Oh, I was just looking through a list of my complaints. Here's my other thing. Okay. Pay attention during, through the season how everybody walks around, ducking, walking against the wall, looking around the corner. Watch how Negan walks out. Negan struts yeah. out, <laughs> whips out his bat and puts it on his shoulder and yeah. hat without a care in the world. I have a problem with the way that looks. Because I think, mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I think it's funny. It is funny, but I have a problem. Like, for example, how many times could they have shot Negan so far? Several. Jesus, there's so many, so many times that they could have already. After Rick got thrown out the window, he literally could have went back in there and shot Negan. Yes. He had his gun. When Negan was uh, behind the metal thing, it's that they're doing some really horrible things. And Gabriel goes and tells Rick, oh, you know, don't kill him. This is not about you. And then he's like, oh, okay, you're right. And then they leave. And Negan is crouching behind a thin metal plate on the floor. I didn't understand the logic behind that. And, and I'm still waiting for an explanation. It would have made more sense for him to kill Negan then than the war would have been over with. Yep. Because if you think about it, in the episode, I forgot what episode it was, earlier in the season, when they thought everybody thought Negan was dead. They were literally falling apart right then and there. Yeah. And if he wouldn't have walked in, they it'd have been over right then and there. Oh they no, no. they were really falling apart too. It's amazing. The people that follow him are people who really do need um guidance. Yeah, guidance. And he's very good at not only being persuasive and getting people to do what he wants under their will, but making them believe that they need him. Yes. Yes, that's a great um, psychological way of controlling people. But, um, yeah, I, I have a problem with the way Negan walks around. I mean, I expect it to be that way. My problem is that he, there's been so many opportunities. They need to stop leaving those gaps because we're going to see that and think to ourselves, why is Rick within two feet of him? Nothing, no barrier in front of neither one of them and nobody's taking a shot. That's to be the first thing you should do. Exactly. They need to like remove those type of obstacles. 
make it hard enough so that we understand Rick didn't shoot him at this at this situation because of this, this, and this. Yeah, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on what needs to be changed going forward? Well, first thing I'll say is if this is if the next episode that comes out, I think in February, is going to be la- Carl's last episode. Give him a great goodbye. Like, make it an episode that we can enjoy. Like, start from there. Yeah. Like, if they, I don't know if they're recording it now or they are recording, but they should make that one of the best Walking Dead episodes. Yeah. Because that character deserves it. You know, make it so, I would say make it a tearjerker. Make it in the sense where it doesn't necessarily have to be action-packed, balls to the wall, but make it so you feel like, okay, we're losing this character, but he go, the way he went out is commendable. Something similar to Sasha. Yeah. Or even uh, something similar to um, what my guy's name is? Sasha's brother? Um, it was Tyrese. Tyrese. Well, he kind of had like, kind of like this, this is your life in, his, in a sense with him. Yes, yes. That was really well done. And it made you like, oh, that was, we're going to miss Tyrese, you know? Yeah. The way they did it was cool. I think that character deserves that. Yeah. Definitely. I, also, I think also that they should... The back half of this season should be more Negan heavy, but in cool ways. Let's get a Negan-centric episode. Let, let's get a little bit of a backstory about Negan. We need the Negan backstory. It's coming, but they need to do it this season. Stop prolonging it. We need it now. Yeah. End of the season. When it, how are they end the season? The season needs to end on a definitive note. Yeah. Not like last season. Not like the season before. We need to have a specific ending. Well, okay. This is the end of the season. Period. Right. Not, right. not the thing where, oh, we got to guess who died. We got to figure out what happened. No. Whatever it is, however the season is, it needs to be the ending of the season. Yes. You know, just ramp it up in a way where we're just not seeing random shooting for no reason. Ramp it up in a sense where one, there's consequence for everything that happens. Every episode needs to have sort of consequence now. Not necessarily a death, but a consequence. Whether it's somebody leaving the group because that's a possibility I think they haven't really explored. Right. Okay. One thing that we didn't touch on. Alexandria seemingly got destroyed. Yes, where do we live now? <laughs> yeah. So what do we do with that? Where do we go from there? Did, did anybody die in that that was important? Not necessarily just Carl, but are there any side characters that we saw in the background who are just gone now? Right. And I, they're gonna give. I feel they're gonna give us a. Do you only think they're gonna do uh, Carl a one seat, one episode for him, and kill him off, or are they gonna give us more than that? I think the next episode is gonna be his last episode. Okay. Now this is uh, what I wanted to bring up. When was he bit? Huh. See, that's the thing. Scott Gipple said on his episode of Talking Dead that it's on the show. 
you can see the part where he gets bit. And he said it was in the previous episode. With Sadiq? I think so, yeah. Because Sadiq and him go in the woods, and this is where I said he got bit. Sadiq and him were in the woods, and, uh, you know, they had a situation with, a, with some walkers. And uh, he barely makes it out. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, if Rick was to find out that this kid is out here getting bit, doing something that he warned him already not to do. Yeah, I, I think in that episode, I got to watch the episode again to see exactly the part, but he says the moment in the episode where Carl evokes that he got bit, but they don't play off of that, that moment. Now, I knew that he got bit previous. First of all, because we only see him dip into the sewer in this episode, and that's it. And before that, there's like no moment where he could have been bit. So yeah. people were thinking that he got bit in the sewers, but I knew that it was it was from way before. Because he had a bandage over his bite when he showed it to his dad. And that bandage was not in the sewer. He must have been covering it since he got bit. Yeah, for what they were saying, he'd been hiding that bit, that bite for a while. Yes. And even like when when he was facing Negan and stuff like that, he was running, he was limping and walking crazy then. Right. So it's kind of like that happened early in that day or the previous day. He just been hiding all this time. Yep. Okay, so I think that in his last episode, we're going to get we're probably going to see more of him getting bitten and what he did afterwards. And then obviously they're going to have him do some type of, cause you know, Michonne is like his mom. So he's going to, um, probably going to have like some emotional powwows with all the people he's close to. Yeah. So what do you think is next for Chandler Riggs? I think he's a great actor. I think he's great. He said that he was working on, on, starting a movie i don't know something like that which is something else that was bothering me like i said i like when they leave things open for theories and with this bite other than the fact that there was multiple factors that let us know that this is it um he mentioned somewhere that he's working on something like i think they've already hired him to do something wow that's kind of cool then yeah I kind of did. You watch uh, Talking Dead that night? I did not. I found it. I found it funny that on Talking Dead that night, when everything happened, they just happened to have the kid on who plays Batman in Gotham. Oh, really? Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. He's I think amazing. that kid is the only reason why I watch Gotham. Um, I stopped. I have to catch up. Actually, I haven't watched it in a while. I watch, I'm a Batman fan. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm a big <laughs> Batman fan, so I'll watch anything Batman related. I haven't watched it in a while because I'm a little upset with their with their writing course as well. Oh, One of these shows needs to hire me. Put me on your show. I got you. I can help you. Please these do. People, these people don't understand. Like, I, If we sit down together and we talk about this as a group, I can assist you with they make these choices sometimes like, that I'm like, oh, where in your right mind did you think this was going to go well? But that's besides the point. Do you know a show I feel 100% like that about? Um, Arrow. Re- I haven't watched Arrow yet. 
I mean, I haven't watched Arrow lately at all either. How's it I, going? Oh, this season not that good. Last season was excellent. Oh. The way they ended last season was so cool and so unexpected. And this season, they literally just threw it away. Oh, that's bad. It was so cool. Well, spoilers for Arrow, surprisingly. We're talking about Walking Dead, but it's spoiler for Arrow, okay? The, <laughs> the way the last season ended was Oliver had to go back on the island, right? Oh, because geez. there's this bad guy named Adrian Chase. Mm-hmm. Who in, in Oliver's past, like season one of Arrow, he killed Oliver. He ki- Oliver killed his father. Okay, oh, I remember. So the guy's obsessed with Oliver. So he leads Oliver back to the island, and basically everybody from Team Arrow is trapped on this island. So Oliver has to get Deathstroke to help him not only get Team Arrow off the island, but his son. And his son's mother off the island. Wow. So it's this cool fight where where Oliver, Deathstroke, and Malcolm Merlin all working together. And I think uh what the girl name is? Nisha Al Ghul are working together on the island to get Team Arrow off. Oh, that's With cool. Cool fight scenes. Malcolm Merlin ends up getting killed. <gasps> so he's dead. So the big it leads to a big showdown between Adrian Chase and Arrow on this boat. That's off the island where Adrian Chase has this has this bomb strapped to him with a, a dead mask, which he's holding Oliver's son. And he says, if you kill me, and if you kill me, everybody on the island dies. Or I kill your son. Oh my God. So Oliver, trying to be slick, shoots Adrian in the arm so he drops the dead man switch. Okay. Right? Okay. And he lets go William. So he grabs his son and stuff. So Adrian then pulls out a gun, blows his brains out. It's a bomb attached to his body. The island blows up. Wow. So it leaves you the whole scene like, did anybody get off the island? Right. Who, who died? Who died? See the comeback. No one dies except uh, the kid's mother. Okay. So nothing essentially happened from it. Except only thing that happened that's kind of cool in the sense that they did was Thea's in a coma now and Diggle has like nerve damage. Oh. We can't fire a gun essentially no more. Well, that's bad. I haven't watched this in such a long time. I really do have to catch up. It's interesting. Like I said, it's a, they, they did, they're doing some, they had some cool ideas for the start of the season. Like, a good example of that cool idea they had is the fact that, like I said, more spoilers, you know, black the original Black Canary is dead. Right. So they replaced her with another Black Canary. Mm-hmm. But Earth 2 had a Black Canary who's evil. Oh, God, yeah. Who looks just like Quentin Lance's daughter. Right. Like the original Black Canary. So it's a part on the island that they showed the, where she's trying to kill the new Black Canary and the Titan of Lance ends up killing her. Wow. So he has to, he has to essentially shoot somebody who looks exactly like his daughter. That is so crazy. I love it. Yeah, I, I've always loved Arrow. I think Arrow is a cool show. I think I've, 
I will say that at one point Arrow was the best superhero show. Period. Right. They fall off a little bit, I think. And even now, it's probably going to get worse because I don't know if you heard the stories about um, what's going on with uh, the CW network, right? What's going on with them? The guy who was basically the showrunner for them got kicked with those sexual charges. Oh, he got, he's another one. Yeah, he's one of those. <laughs> they they fired him. One. Yeah, he was in charge of... Um, all the CW shows, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. So there's no telling what's going to happen in terms of the direction of those shows now that he's gone. Listen, if they remove the Flash, the Flash is my favorite. It's the only one that's like a superhero show, but it's light-hearted. Like it's, it has like its uh, sitcom-ish tone. Yeah. It's the only one that's like that. This was my favorite. Yeah, Flash is awesome. Oh, I want to go get water. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so yes, let's let's hope these writers from The Walking Dead do something next season, or that they hire someone new to do what they have to. I agree. Hopefully, <coughs> they'll fix it up, and I think we'll be having this conversation again at the end of the season to see if our opinions change. Hopefully, they will. Yeah. yeah Walking Dead. Walking Dead's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, it's one of my favorites as well. I'm hoping that things change for the better. If it doesn't, I'm gonna boycott the riot. <laughs> and I'm gonna be right alongside you. <laughs> uh as always, Erica, thank you for coming on the podcast. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff at, because you are very knowledgeable in everything and you are awesome. Oh, thank you. Fabulously entertaining.com. Is where all my stuff is at. <laughs> and what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I, I'm right now I have a lot of things I'm going to update. I need to do a rant about The Walking Dead. That's going to come soon. I already <laughs> started it. Just to put out the things that I think that they need to change, the things that I just mentioned in this podcast. So you got to look out for that. Everybody, thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week. Like I said, if you didn't know, this was a huge spoiler episode, so don't listen to this unless you've watched <laughs> up to this point of The Walking Dead. <laughs> but if you have, I hope you the conversation. That's exactly what, that's basically what it was. And as always, people, y'all with cocky spirits, and we are out. Peace. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In a native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service without all the drama.